So welcome to episode 43 of the Request 2021 podcast and this is entitled Scotland and Fordell Furs. Myself, Alex and Matt from the Request 2021 team uh, plus Sam's parents, uh, that's Gwyneth and Alan Payne along with the Chief Commissioner of Scotland, Andrew Sharkey and a number of other Scottish scouting representatives plus uh, members representing the first Aberdeen Scout Group uh, which was James Mars Scout Group. Um, we held our Shackleton Scout Zone um, and an award presentation at Fordell Furs, the Scottish Scouting HQ. Uh, that was on uh, Sunday the 11th of September 2022. Our third and final commemorative plaque was unveiled by Norman Mooney's son Alec, uh, who visited um, for the day. And the proceedings included a one-minute silence to Her Majesty the Queen um, and a short break uh, to actually watch her funeral cortege pass under a bridge um, on the M90. After that, the team members then gave a short presentation about the Request 2021 project. The full Scout Zone service and the full team presentation have been included after the podcast as bonus content. So it's the morning of the 11th of September, 2022. Uh, Just having a quiet morning walk from where I'm staying. Staying up here in Scotland with uh, my friends, uh, Trish and Ken Donaldson. Uh, We're about 20 minutes away from Fordell Furs. So we're gonna be heading off to Fordell Furs today The Queen passed away last week and she'll be making her way in a cortege down from Aberdeen all the way to Edinburgh. That's happening the same day. But um, we've got permission to go ahead with very small, low scale commemorative plaque ceremony at Fordell Furs. So I'll be making our way over to Fordell Furs a little bit later this morning and uh, we're going to have a um, a plaque ceremony. Um, I've got Alec Mooney really pleased that uh, the son of one of the two scouts that the plaque is for, Norman Mooney. Um, Alec Mooney is uh, attending to help us unveil the plaque. And then uh, we've got Andrew Sharkey, um, the Chief Commissioner of Scotland, attending. Um, some other scouting friends and dignitaries and uh, some family. Sadly, uh, Sam Payne has been called away for civic duties as a councillor. We can guess what that's for, Um, but it means that he won't be present, but Alex McIver will be. Um, So we're going to be giving them their awards today. Uh, We're going to have the Shackleton Scout Zone. Uh, So it'll be uh, two more times that's going to be held um, after uh, 
after today, once in uh, Plymouth next week, uh, marking the, the quest getting back to Plymouth and then finally in Portsmouth the next day, um, on the day that we end the officially end the uh, project and when the quest would have uh, got back to uh, to Portsmouth. So, um, looking forward to today. It's a sad day because of the Queen's passing, um, but uh, I think our event is a, a sombre, respectful event, so I, I think it's uh, okay that it can go ahead. Um, we're only going to have very small numbers. We've not opened it up to big numbers. So it's just going to be about 15 to 18 people uh, just uh, quietly unveiling the plaque and marking the day. And we're also going to have a one minute silence to the Queen. So signing off for now. Um, and uh, we'll see how the day pans out. Ooh. So we're up at Ford Air Furs and we're heading down to have a look at the plaque for the first time. Understand it's already in place so that we can unveil the plaque later. Never been to Ford Hill Furs before. It's a nice site, it's big. Yeah, so it goes uh, right on up. Goes yeah. uh, right on up, and yeah. there's another field behind that. Yeah. Um, probably capacity, maybe I'd probably say about over a thousand. Right, okay. Um, last week we had the howling, and that was 450. Is that cubs? cubs? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 400, <laughs> 400 cubs. Um, and it was a howling, about, I bet. <laughs> so it's about 650 people in total. Okay. Just the support team. Right. Um, so I was Chris the tie dye guy. I was a tie dye all weekend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Um, oh, we've got quite a lot of heritage in this area, which yeah. is why we chose to put the plaque here. Yeah. Um, we've got the totem pole. There was a signpost which pointed to all the jam buildings. Oh, yes. Which we'll hopefully get up. Get that back up. We've yeah. got Ur Willy. We've yeah. got the buildings are all named after people. And it's... Yeah, this is trying to figure out brilliant place for it. it yeah. So that people know exactly... Oh, and there's another plaque there. Yeah. yeah. So that's the Garth Marshall building. Oh, yeah. Garth yeah. Morrison. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was, the, he was one of the... Uh, um, Chief Scouts, wasn't he? So, in fact, he gave me my Queen Scout. So, oh, it looks great there. That's fantastic. Oh, couldn't be a better position. Um, so this is. It's I brilliant. I tell you, this yeah. is the activity store, but it's also the formal name is Richmond Shally, uh -huh. and it's one of these things. I don't know who Richmond is, and it's okay. something I, I need to actually look. So at. we need to do the research and find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we'd have so. the shaft of the plaque here. We've got. Oh, that's great. Capsule. Yeah. So there's a time capsule there, Dunfermline District time capsule. And just here, yeah. I didn't know until I started. <laughs> ah, yeah, so look. This in the rock garden. Oh, my word. But this has a partner stone. Yeah. And nobody knows who moves it. Uh? But I always, in, I think it's Kakodi District. So what we're looking at is a stone 1907 to 1957. So the first 50 years of scouting. The district commissioner yeah. changes. Uh-huh. 
partner stone ends up in their garden. Okay. But, and nobody knows who. Right. Well, somebody okay. Does, yeah. So that was in 1957. All oh, right. Okay. So great location for the plaque on the chalet. The Richmond Chalet. Richmond. Yeah. Um, and need to Google and find out who Richmond is. Yeah. That looks smart. Have you done it so it'll come off, or is yeah, it? it yeah, yeah. No, that's great. So. They're not hitting Dundee with the cortege till till two o'clock. So. And Simon's coming along. Um, we only sent out a limited number of invites to keep it as small and low-key. Um, but obviously I knew you did that research project, so I thought I'd let you know. Okay. Right, bye. Right. Um, that, is, that was Alan Willoughby, our scouting support officer. Right. Um, so he handles, well basically just handles all the stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. About 40 years ago, he did a research project oh, in Tavar and Mooney. Oh, brilliant. So I'll, I'll let him know. That's really along. nice. That's really um, nice. We also should have Graham yeah. Luke, the chief executive, yeah. um, Terry O'Neill, head of operations, and Andrew Shark is coming. I know well. Andrew's coming because he's contacted me. Yeah, so yes. yeah, that's great. Because I, yeah, um, I spoke to him before. Obviously, we wanted more people here, but we wanted to keep I it I think it's deep. better not to today. I'm, I'm really going to go very low profile on any sort of um, social media and things today as well so, yeah, so we can put photos up on our website later mm -hmm. you know I, I don't want to make a big big thing of it well that, yeah. that, that's 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 your yeah. hello <laughs> hi welcome welcome hi, <laughs> How are you? what strange times i know we <laughs> couldn't <laughs> so we couldn't make it up could we oh you, you couldn't write it could you, you really so no write. i mean I, I they they contacted me saying do you want to get on the plane or not and i was like well i'm going to visit my friends in scotland anyway so yeah. and i thought I might as well be up here anyway yeah. and then and then i sort of got chatting to the organizers and i said look ours is a very sort of somber event and you know very respectful Apparently we're all going to be able to walk up at three o'clock and watch the cortege go past. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's huge. We saw it this morning. You've seen it already. <laughs> we've come over the hills right. to avoid Hello. Hi. Hi. So right. You're Hunter. Hunter. Nice yes. to meet you. We've been emailing. Yeah. Right. And I'll read. Al, nice to meet you, Al. My somebody of my own vintage. Ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> this was a Garth Morrison one. Oh, we, we, we had a famous... The year of the typhoid outbreak. Oh right, okay. So Charles. Yeah, yeah. No scout camps. Oh, of course. So Charles had a special um, uh, visited the, uh -huh. the Aberdeen yep. Scouts yep. Temples Park. Okay. Um, which was quite an occasion. Shook hands with every boy. <laughs> oh, he really took the time to go around every he, single every one. Every boy. That's really good. Every boy. That's really good. Even the yeah. Cubs coach. Yeah, Even no, that's Cubs. good. And then Lady McLean. Well, apparently they had a big Cub event here last weekend. It's like with mm. a howling or something. Huge oh number, goodness. like four and thousands of them. I was yep. just going to yep. say, yep. Uh, 
would I be able to say a few words just to give Sam's apologies? Of course apologies? you can. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, I've built that in. I mean, I was going to say it, but you can just slot in and do that bit if you yeah, want. He's, yeah, he's asked me if I would That'd say, be fine. say something. Of course, yeah, uh, please do. You know, yeah, just, uh, oh, it's just timing. It's to, it, yeah, all these I mean, things. He, it's, we totally understand. He was called, called away last night. I guessed. He did warn us. I know. Oh, bless you. You've been there. You must be exhausted. And then we watched the cortege. Yeah. Okay. The second it had passed, we shot out the other way. We'd been over the mountains. Gone the back way. Gone the back way. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, of course. It's not a problem. Really, in place of a friend who knew Box He did know Mark. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. In fact, Dr. Ron Smith reckons he was the most. The man that visited the South Pole most. Well, that's quite and possible, he knew isn't Jimmy it? Yeah. Maher, and he blames Jimmy Maher, Jimmy Maher for yeah. enthusing him <laughs> in, and, and signing him up to the British Antarctic Survey. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, Ron was <coughs> incredible when I was writing the book because I, I, I wrote the book about the two scouts and he was so helpful so he, he, helpful he spent hours and hours going through my book and correcting little details and making sure and i couldn't i mean it was so nice to get it all right you know so he he was really really good he, he is, yeah he's, he's, he's yeah yeah so, so shame he can't be here today because yeah, yeah it's just the timing of it yeah well, yes his brother and yeah. other relations are that's right from he's Zealand. got a family he's got a family thing he can't get out of In, that looks a bit smarter <laughs> You now look like a scout. What about now? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you, there you go. Might need to adjust it. <laughs> yes, look, this is look, it's spot on. So you need to adjust your sporran, young man. Of course you can, yeah. So this is, this is Hunter, uh, representing First Aberdeen Scouts so today. Yeah. This is my friend, uh, Trish. <laughs> oh, can you get your stuff up? You can just throw it up. Oh, that's quite good. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. So you just literally sort of found it and threw it up. That's really good. Well, if you want to do, if you're, if you're comfortable, if you could do 10 minutes and just pick your favorite bits to show and chat through yeah, them, well, um, if you're happy sort of thinking about that. Yep. I've yep. got some stuff to hand over to you. Oh, right, it's, okay. It's now a convenient moment. Oh yeah, so that'd be really nice to show that, yeah. Oh, which hotel did you stay in? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not far away. Uh, I'm staying with my, my friend. Uh, this is Kevin. Um, and this is Alec. Um, yeah. So I'm staying with them. They've been family friends for years. So, so just 20 minutes away. So. Do you want to set it up in the middle of that table, Alex? For it? And we'll move those uh, leaflets onto the chairs. Yeah. That goes with the flag to sort of explain it. <laughs> In fact, there's a picture of you on there, I think. There you are. There you are. Oh, yeah, you star on there. 
Oh, thanks for setting that up. Oh, yeah. Are you <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a really good thing to put in the box. I'm adding them to our box in deal. I've got, I've got yeah. to put the um, links up on the East Scotland Leaders page yeah. so you can buy them. Because after we did the AGM, I've had a few... People asking about them, yeah. So you need to show where everything is, yeah. So. Ladies and gents, if we could uh, make our way down to the flagpole, if that's... Yeah, so... Yeah, you got you got five minutes. We won't start without you. <laughs> Hi there, Alan. Good to see you. Nice to meet Sharky. you. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I know we've emailed so much. We and have, we have. And I've seen you in the distance when you yeah, were doing the thing okay. at Gilwell. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Thank yeah, great. No, I'm I'm just really pleased that we can sort of sneak it in and uh, yeah, yeah. It's a shame we don't have all the other things. It is going on, in a way, but uh, we you know it is what it is, isn't it? This week, so yeah, we've just got to. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Have you got the Cool. Brilliant. Thank you. Cool. There we go. So, where are we heading? So, just down to the bottom of the, this drive here. Okay. Yeah. And um, there's a flagpole, and then the plaque is on the building next to it. So, we'll we'll sort of gather around the flagpole. I won't be a second, I'll just grab in something. Um, I haven't forgotten anything, just my whole bag of stuff. <laughs> it's very easy, so we'll give you. Actually, why not give you the Burns one? You can do the Burns one for us. So that's uh, couldn't be more appropriate. So, so, yeah. so the whole, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, will you do a reading? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That will do. I'll give that one to. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you to do a very short reading? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. If you do that one there. So it's just that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just that bit. At the appropriate time. It'll be obvious. <laughs> okay. Just recruiting readers. <laughs> Alex, you don't get out of it. I don't get out yeah. of it. No. Okay. You can do the bosses I knew him. There we go. Can I recruit you as a reader? Yes, yes. Well, there are only a, a limited number of people, you say, so. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, fellow scouters, uh, welcome. Um, welcome to Fordale Furs. This is, uh, for those that don't know, the, the headquarters of uh, uh, scouting in Scotland. I'm going to start uh, with a one-minute silence for the Queen. Okay. So if I could ask you to bow your heads...
If I could ask Sam's mum to um, come forward and maybe say a few words. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Um, for those of you who don't know me, Alan's just said um, I'm Sam's mum. Sam was one of the two Scottish participants um, on the Request 2021 voyage. Um, he's asked me today to send his apologies. He is a recently elected government representative. Um, we were at Balmoral Castle yesterday and late yesterday afternoon he was called in for work today and has been doing his duty to the Queen at Balmoral, um, at Ballater this morning. Um, and so he is very sorry he can't be here, but wishes you all well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really sad that Sam can't make it, but as, as you hear, he has other duties. Okay, so we're going to uh, start with our Scout Zone. Um, I think it's the appropriate way to start. So if I could ask everyone that I've uh, um, persuaded to read a card to come forward, and you can order yourselves in the name of Shackleton. So I will go <laughs> this end. <laughs> That can go right at the end, that would be very appropriate. Yeah, so after me. Um, I'm going to kick off and then it will go to S, okay? So. so Kenneth, if you could try and get the whole whole word, word Shackleton in, it would be good. So you might need to move backwards. I've moved back yeah. a bit. I've got them now. That's it. That's You're it. missing oh, a key. You're missing some letters. You shouldn't be. Oh, you shouldn't be missing any letters. We've got a T going here and a key. You shouldn't T. be missing any letters. Ah, oh, that's T. not a good start, is it? Key. <laughs> <laughs> More people need to read these. That's because I haven't persuaded anyone to read yet, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> right. So Matt, if you can do two. Uh, so, yeah, you do the T, and who's next to there? So, and what have you got? Are you happy to do that as well? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> what a man! Can we round of applause for, for that? <laughs> Good work, Andrew. Okay. Right. Hopefully now, Kenneth, you can see the word Shackleton. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So, welcome. This Scout Zone was first held at Gilwell Park almost a year ago at 11am on Sunday the 5th of September 2021 when a commemorative plaque to Scouts Ma and Mooney was officially unveiled. The intention was then to pass on, share and hold the Scout Zone with fellow Scouts around the world <coughs> along the original route of Quest's 1921-1922 voyage, exactly 100 years after Quest left each location. It was held in London, Lisbon. Scouts of Rio de Janeiro held it underneath the statue of the Redeemer. It was held in Cape Town and many other islands and small ports along the way. This included the Request team holding a service on board ship whilst in, on the Antarctic Peninsula on the 5th of January, 2022 the 100th anniversary of Shackleton's passing. The very same day, a young scout, Connor McLeod, very appropriate, um, and various officials of South Georgia 
also held it at, at Shackleton's graveside. After returning from Antarctica, the Scouts' own ceremony is now being held here at Port Elfers, uh, Scottish Scouting HQ, where we have a replica plaque that's going to be unveiled. It's then going to be held at Plymouth next weekend on the 16th of September, the day the quest got back 100 years ago, and finally at Portsmouth on the 18th of September next Sunday, where Scout Mar finished his year-long voyage. So you're part of scouting history by being part of this scout zone. And uh, I'm going to ask S to start. Commemorative plaques. The inscription on the plaques reads as follows. Remember James William Slesser Marr, 1902 to 1965. And Norman Erland Mooney, 1905 to 1945. I felicitate such a man as having a solid foundation for his mental enjoyment. A firm prop and sure stay in the hour of difficulty, trouble and distress, and a never failing anchor of hope when he looks beyond his grave. We have a round of applause for everyone that's read. Thank you. Okay, uh, if you guys want to join the audience, then uh, the audience will double. <laughs> um, when we put together the Ked Scouts Request Expedition. I've done many years of research into Scouts Mar and Mooney. And right from the start, we decided that it would be appropriate to involve some Scottish Scouts. Um, it, it, seemed, it seemed wrong to not involve Scottish Scouts. Uh, so I'm pleased that I, I contacted Sharkey um, and uh, we put uh, the wheels in motion, didn't we? I think it, it went out on uh, various uh, social media and Twitter and things asking for some Scottish scouts to go with us. And I am so pleased uh, that, uh, with, with the response that we got. Um, and uh, we had uh, two scouts at the time, uh, was, was Sam Payne um, and, and Emma Johnson put themselves forward. Um, and um, sadly, uh, Emma, although she's still very much part of our project, um, was unable to go to Antarctica because she was training as a teacher. So I had to go down the next one on the list, and I'm really pleased that he said yes straight away. I don't think he even thought about it. Um, but Alex stepped up, um, like all true Scots, and said, yes, I will, uh, I will take the reserve place. So thank you, Alex, for doing that. Um, we've got an award that we're going to give to Alex, and if I could ask, uh, would, would you receive Sam's award on his behalf? So we're going to do the award. So, so there is a, a reason we've called it the Iceberg Award rather than the Penguin Award, um, because uh, the legacy of our project is going to be for scouts and guides. Um, we're setting up a charity specifically for this, for scouts and guides uh, to do polar research, so either north or south. So we chose the iceberg as the motif for the award. Um, the first 10 of us that went down to Antarctica, um, the, the eight of us from Kent um, all got our awards uh, back in, in June. So I'm really pleased to ask uh, Alex and uh, if you could come up on Sam's behalf. 
And we're going to give them their Iceberg Award. There are only 10 so far given, but I hope there will be many more in the future for Scout Polar Research. Okay. Um, who are we going to ask to present this? Who, who's, the, who, who's the best person to come and do the presentation? Sharky, will you come and do it? Or would he, yeah? <laughs> come and do it for us. <laughs> You're getting your buddy's work. I'm delighted to do that. That's wonderful. <laughs> we can do it between us, can't we? So, yeah, there we go. Wow. So you get uh, the Iceberg Awards, which um, I, I, we, I've had permission in Kent to be worn on this arm. It's up to you where you let them wear it in, in Scotland. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> decision made. <laughs> decision made. Okay. Oh. So there's Alex. Thank you very much. That is a big job. It really is. There's only two in Scotland. Yeah. And then there's a one for Alex there. Used your full name, Alex. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. Oh, wait, got to put that around. Oh, put your badge down. There you go. And again, we've used Sam's full name there. So oh. A certificate Samuel to Samuel. You better. I'll Photoshop you out at some point. That's what they do to me all the time. Okay. Now it doesn't. It doesn't end there for for these two. So, um, anyone who who gets the the uh, the iceberg award will get a certificate and badge. But these are very special for the team of ten that went to Antarctica. I need to get them the right way round. Uh, but there is an actual iceberg uh, with, the, with the penguin on um, that Alex will receive there. So Alex, happy to give you your iceberg award. Thank you so much. <laughs> there are only 10 of those. <laughs> okay, and so they're from the project and this is a little gift to Sam and Alex from myself. So yeah, which again no one else has got. So, Lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much Good. for that. Now I'll say to uh, Alex and uh, and Sam by proxy that it doesn't end there. Although our project officially finishes next weekend, um, I feel that those that had the privilege to go to Antarctica back in January have a lifelong obligation to encourage other young people to explore the world around them and to maybe go on and do some polar research, even apply to our iceberg fund. The fund is currently uh, up to over 4,000 pounds already We've continued doing uh, merchandise sales um, and we're continuing uh, building that fund so that we can support young people to do polar research. So it may be an expedition, it may be some research that they want to do. Um, so we'll, we'll be uh, announcing the, the way that young people can apply for that fund in due course. So really proud of the team and what they've done. Now, the plaques, as you heard, during the scout zone. We've got three plaques. The larger plaque is at Gilwell. If you go down and visit Gilwell, if you go to where Baden-Powell is behind the White House, just near the training center, there's the bust of Baden-Powell. Over Baden-Powell's shoulder is our plaque. So it's literally just there and it's gonna be on the Heritage Trail. And um, 
I'm, I'm sort of really proud of the fact that we also paid for an interpretation board. So there's an interpretation board there to explain the plaque at Gilwell. So I thought it was only appropriate um, that when we had the, the plaque here at Fordell Furs that we give you an, uh, your own little um, interpretation board as well. So, so we've had a little uh, a board made up that can be uh, kept in the office or whatever that will explain exactly why this plaque is here. So would someone like to receive that on behalf of Fordell Furs? <laughs> you got it again. <laughs> There we go. Thank you so much. It has got a sort of uh, security sort of thing on that I think peels off. No, so, but there you, you go. So so. And uh, we've got a picture of Alex and Sam on there. So oh, as brilliant. a poster. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Thank so you. It explains why the plaque's there. So. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. So there was a, a third plaque that I will briefly mention before we unveil our Fordell first one. And that was uh, a very small plaque. It's about yay big. Um, and that went with us to Antarctica. We weren't allowed to leave it there. You're not allowed to leave anything. And I mean anything in Antarctica. So you have to take it all away with you. Um, just photos and memories to take. Um, but that plaque then came back and we've installed it at the headquarters at Kent Scouts. So there are three in total. Now I couldn't think of a more appropriate person to come along today um, and unveil the plaque to Scouts Mar and Mooney. I'm very, very pleased to introduce you to Alec Mooney, um, Norman Mooney's son. So thank you, Alec. <laughs> so would you like to do the unveiling first or the words first? Your choice. <laughs> I'll do the unveiling first. Unveiling first. <laughs> we'll do the unveiling first. Do the okay. good bit first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, and please take a moment to have a look at it afterwards. It's beautifully lettered. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gathered here in rather strange and unusual circumstances following the death of Her Majesty on Thursday and the nation being in mourning. But uh, for understandable reasons, we decided to proceed today. Some time ago, I was asked by a distant relative, a lady whom I'd never met, if I was willing to be contacted by Alan Noak, <laughs> who was intending to write a book about Shackleton Scouts to coincide with the centenary of the Quest expedition. I agreed to that, and Alan also informed me of the Request 2021 plans. In a way, that was the start of a journey for me too, you see, I was five years old when my father died in Nigeria. My personal memory of him is very limited, but here I am today at Fordle Firth, where I've been kindly invited to be part of this commemorative ceremony for him and James Marr. So much change has happened in the past 100 years. When Ernest Shackleton set off for Antarctica, no one then would have realized that that era of adventure was coming to a close. For us today, so accustomed to instant communications and transport revolution, it took someone with the dedication of Alan Noak 
to bring it all to life again and to lead a group of young people on their expedition to Antarctica. I must congratulate Alan and the Scouts who took part in the Request 2021 expedition and their work in the various experiments which they carried out during their voyage earlier this year. When we lived in Kirkcaldy in the 1970s, my son Andrew was a member of the 80th Scout Troop and he came here for camp at Fordles first. <laughs> he lives in Australia now, but he tells me when they came here, it was just a field that they were in. <laughs> I never anticipated being invited to Fordle first almost 50 years later. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, folks. That ends our proceedings here. If you, uh, we, we, I know that we've got the cortege passing possibly in the next 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, we, so think we think maybe at 10 past three. 10 past three. So I, I suggest we sort of uh, have a, a half hour break or a 40 minute break. And then those that want to see the presentation, we do it after that. So maybe go and get a cup of tea. Yeah. Okay. Talk about history today. It's all happening. Leave, I'll leave my bag here and walk up. I'll see you up there. So long you up in this neck of the woods, right? Flying back tomorrow. Oh, we're yeah, no, because we're we're off to we're doing the sail from Plymouth to Portsmouth. On, I've got, a, I get home, we've got a day at home, and then we're off to Plymouth. So to do the next bit of the project. So, no, <laughs> no, my wife says that. <laughs> no, I thought there was, was a big job on her, I thought she said. Like, was it a decorating or something? Or was it the bathroom, wasn't it? Oh, we're moving house. Moving So we, we're, we're going to do a presentation about the expedition. Yeah, right. in about half an hour, I would think. Once the Queen's passed. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, if you excuse me, yeah. I'll just yeah. keep a seat. You're going to grab keep your seat. seat. That's well. absolutely fine. We'll probably be about 25 minutes. Oh, I seem to go okay. Yeah. I don't like reading from a script. So what I tend to do, I just have some keywords in my head. That I just I just have half a dozen keywords and I think I've got to talk about the plaques. I've got to talk about the, as long as you remember the key things. I think it comes across a bit more natural that way. Yeah, ten past. Yeah, hopefully we've got time just to get up there. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh yes, I can see. Yeah. My word, look at this. Cars everywhere. Fine. It's three o'clock. Well, they'd all be gone. Yeah, they'd all be gone, wouldn't they? Some people are heading down that footpath. I don't know if that gives a better view or not. 
My arm is killing me. <laughs> yeah. The traffic's going through again. Yeah. Ooh. been a little bit part of history. So there follows a few little clips from the team's presentation about the Request 2021 project, um, including um, a short clip from the BBC Country File episode uh, that featured Alex and Sam. So it all started for me with this book, Into the Frozen South. Uh, it was written by Scout Mark, one of the two scouts that went uh, with Shackleton on the quest. Um, and I spent a number of years researching these two scouts and uh, my book is available, um, Shackleton Scouts. Uh, that's got all my research that I did um, uh, written up. But I was inspired by that book and I thought, oh, well, 20, you know, 1921, 2021's coming up. So that was seven years ago, um, and it's been a long journey coming to this point, um, and we're reaching the end of that final final year now. It's taking me rough. 
look like it from uh, from our point of view as people who haven't really done ocean passages before but uh, yeah we after we got back the crew showed us a photograph of the ship where this whole bit of the ship was underwater <laughs> they called it submarine mode so uh, so no one's allowed out on deck at that point and they just survive so we had three or four days of this sort of condition four hours away from being on watch and then eight hours not being on watch so you're <laughs> eating sleeping doing everything else that needs to happen and uh, further on got us in touch with the people from country file so i was because we weren't allowed to make a post at the time i've only really got two pictures um of the event so what it was at the time was they were making they were making an episode and um, talking about shackleton and they asked Molly Hughes to come by because she'd um, skied to the South Pole, um, solo skied, it was quite, it was quite an impressive feat. And then we got tied in because we were going to the Antarctic and we were also um, commemorating Shackleton as well. So the, the episode of Country Fowl is still available on iPlayer until the end of the year if you'd like to watch that. Escape with explorer Molly Hughes. Having got into the Guinness Book of World Records for becoming the youngest woman to ski alone to the South Pole, Molly has also summited Mount Everest twice and recently become the first female president of Scout Scotland. And given the Scout motto is be prepared, Molly wants to share her knowledge with two young men who are about to set out on a very important mission. 21-year-old Sam Payne and 19-year-old Alex MacGyver are two of 10 scouts selected to join Request 2021 to commemorate the Shackleton Rowett expedition to Antarctica 100 years ago. Have you been doing lots of gym work? It's just been a lot of sort of endurance training, weights, rowing, um, yeah. cycling. Yeah. Have you joined any clubs to build up fitness? Uh, yeah, uh, when I started at university, I uh, joined the Boxing Society to try and uh, body build and again work on my endurance. You enjoying it? Yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit, up until the point where I get hit, but... <laughs> right. I can't thank you all enough for, in the circumstances we're being here today, and for letting us uh, share this with you, and uh, I'm really pleased that the, that the plaque is here and it will sort of be a reminder and hopefully an inspiration to the Scottish Scouts to get out there and do things as well. So, yeah. Thank you. Again, can I thank you as well on behalf of Scottish Scouting for the very fact that you made that link. Because yeah. it could easily have been a Kent trip. It yeah. should have been a Kent yeah. trip. Yeah. But instead, you went into allow us yeah. uh, to take part to keep that link with the young men who went 100 years ago and our young, uh, young men who went this time. So thank you so much. I'm really, really pleased to have had those two on board. They've been both in their different ways have been amazing. It's great. It continues. Yeah. You talked about your relationships. This is another relationship because yeah. it's not just been the trip together, but it's been the chance to take part of the additional stuff yeah. that you've shared with yeah. us. So thank you, thank you to the young men as well. Uh, remotely, in one case, and you're like, I love, love what you did because um, hey, Scottish Scout pushing the boundaries, we've been doing it since we were founded. Yeah. You're just the next step on that journey, so thank you guys as well. You can be proud of those two, definitely. So, thanks for listening. 
Uh, to find out more about the Request 2021 project and how you can support and follow our progress, just visit our website on www.request2021.org.uk. So that's www.request2021.org.uk. And please give this podcast a review on iTunes. Uh, share it out and spread the word to anyone you know who's interested in scouting and Antarctica. Thank you. Commemorative plaques. The inscription on the plaques reads as follows. Remember James William Slessor Marr, 1902-1965, and Norman Erland Mooney, 1905-1945, who took part in the 1921 Shackleton Quest Expedition. Note that the official expedition name was the Shackleton Rowett Expedition. However, like many expeditions of the heroic age, it was often referred to by the expedition ship, in this case, Quest. The plaque was designed by stonemason Mark Brooks from Canterbury in Kent, marking the Request 2021 expedition to Antarctica, 100 years after two scouts sailed on Sir Ernest Shackleton's final voyage of exploration. Three versions were produced. The first was installed and unveiled at Gilwell on the 5th of September 2021. A second replica pack was taken to Port Lockroy in Antarctica by the team and was later installed at Lower Grange Farm, Kent Scouts HQ. And the third replica is being installed here at Fordal Furs today. The Shackleton Rowett Expedition of 1921-1922 was financed by Shackleton's friend, the businessman and philanthropist John Quiller Rowett. They had met during their school days at Dulwich College, London. In September 1921, <coughs> the expedition sailed on the ship Quest with plans to survey the islands and navigation routes of the Southern Oceans. On 5th January 1922, upon arrival at the island of South Georgia, Sir Ernest Shackleton, who was in ill health, died on board Quest. Right here I have an extract from the Book of the Quest, published 1929. Um, the Boss as I Knew Him, by Dr. Leonard Hussey, a member of Sir Ernest Shackleton's last two expeditions. I have known Sir Ernest Shackleton, to have known Sir Ernest Shackleton was a privilege, but to have worked with him, shared his hardships and his adventures, and to have secured his friendship was a privilege accorded to a few. I count myself very fortunate that I was one of those few. He had a great, great admiration for the Boy Scout movement, so much so that he took two scouts, Mar and Mooney, with us on the last expedition on the quest. 
Sir Ernest Shackleton, one of the greatest Englishmen that the world has ever seen, and we lost our best friend when he went. Still, we tried he to carry... <laughs> Sorry, he was Irish. <laughs> yeah. It's the excerpt. It's a quote. <laughs> yes. Still, we tried to carry on as he would like us, like us to have done, and we never tired of talking about him or hearing of him. He is still very near to us, and in carrying on his ideals and his traditions, we feel that he is attaining true immortality, and that as long as Englishmen and English boys can appreciate a true man, Shackleton's name will be held up as an example and as an ideal. He would desire no fitter epitaph than he played the game. Scouts Marr and Mooney. The Shackleton Rowett expedition was the first polar expedition to involve scouts. Following nationwide recruitment, scouts Norman Mooney and James Marr were selected to join the crew of Quest. Mooney from Orkney was badly affected by seasickness and returned home from Madeira a few weeks into the voyage. Upon his return to Orkney in 1921, Mooney registered as a student engineer at the Royal College of Science and Technology in Glasgow. After graduation, he took on a role as a land surveyor with the Ordnance Survey based in Southampton. In 1929, Mooney passed the Colonial Survey examination and he was employed by the Colonial Office as a land surveyor in Nigeria, mapping previously uncharted areas. On the 20th of November 1945, at the age of 40, he was tragically killed when an accident occurred whilst he was out surveying. James Marr from Aberdeen went on to become a marine biologist and polar explorer in his own right, publishing seminal work on the natural history of Antarctic krill. In 1943, Marr was selected to lead a covert mission called Operation Tabarin. Tabarin was the predecessor of Falkland Islands Dependency Survey, which be later became the British Antarctic Survey. In 1954, Marr became one of only 18 men to have received the Bronze and Silver Polar Medals. In 1961, he was appointed President of the Antarctic Club. Marr died at the age of 62 from emphysema and bronchial pneumonia on the 29th of April 1965 at Milford Chest Hospital, Busbridge, Surrey after a prolonged period of illness. The Kent Scouts Request 2021 Antarctic Research Project marks the centenary of the Shackleton Rowett Expedition. A team of 10 scouts from Kent and Scotland explored the waters and islands of Antarctica during January 2021. In keeping with the spirit of the original expedition, Request 2021 is carrying out research projects with the themes of peace, heritage and the environment and aims to leave a lasting legacy to inspire young people to explore the world around them. The project itself has 10 objectives shown on the back of these cards. Voyage. Participate as members of the crew on the Bark Europa on a voyage to Antarctica. Projects. Undertake personal projects with each team member presenting their results. Centenary. Hold centenary flag ceremonies in both the UK and Antarctica. Plaques, unveil commemorative plaques to Scouts Marr and Mooney in England and Scotland. Outreach, involve young people in a series of fun and educational outreach activities. Thames, host a pre-expedition PR event at Tower Bridge on Friday the 17th of September 2021. Plymouth, 
participate in the Devon and Cornwall Polar Society centenary event in Plymouth, Shackleton, celebrate and pay respects to the achievements of Sir Ernest Shackleton, links, build strong links with scouts in other countries on the original expedition route, and legacy, leave a lasting scout polar research legacy inspired by scout Mar Mars works on krill. The project can be summed up as 10 to the power of 3. 10 scout ambassadors, 8 from Kent and 2 from Scotland, sailing on a tall ship to Antarctica, 100 years after the original Shackleton Wright Quest expedition back in 1921, and thousands of young people engaged and educated about the three lessons of peace, environment and heritage to be learned from this amazing, fragile, frozen southern continent. Ernest Shackleton died of heart failure in the early hours of the morning on the 5th of January 1922. These last diary entries recall his thoughts as the ship approached South Georgia. 1st of January 1922. Rest and calm after the storm. The year has begun kindly for us. It is curious how a certain date becomes a milestone in one's life. Christmas Day in the raging gale seemed out of place. I dared not venture to hope that today would be as it was. Anxiety has been probing deeply into me, for until the end of the year, things have gone awry. Engines were liable, furnace cracked, water short, heavy gales, all that physically can go wrong, but with the spirit of all on board, sound and good. There are two points in the adventure of the diver. One, when a beggar he prepares to plunge. One, when a prince he rises with his pearl. 2nd January 1922. Another wonderful day. Fine, clear, slight headwind, but cheerful for us after these last days of stress and strain. At 1pm we pass our first berg. The old familiar sight aroused in me memories that the strenuous years have deadened. Blue caverns shone with sky glow snatched from heaven itself. Green spurs showed beneath the water and bergs, mast high, came sailing by, as green as emerald. Ah, me, the years that have gone since in the pride of young manhood I first went forth to the fight. I grow old and tired, but must always lead on. 3rd January 1922. Another beautiful day. Fortune seems to attend us this new year, but so anxious have I been when things are going well, I wonder what in time difficulty will be sprung upon me. All day, a long and light wind and clear sky was our happy position. I find a difficulty in settling down to write. I am so much on the qui vive. I pray that the furnace will hold out. Thankful that I can be crossed and thwarted as a man. 4th January 1922. At last, after 16 days of turmoil and anxiety on a peaceful, sunshining day, we came to anchor in Grootbeken. How familiar the coast seemed as we passed down. We saw with full interest the places we struggled over after the boat journey. Now we must speed all we can, but the prospect is not too bright, for labour is scarce. The old smell of dead whale permeates everything. It is a strange and curious place. A wonderful evening.
In the darkening twilight I saw a lone star hover, gem-like above the bay. Following on, a poem by Robert Harding from the Book of the Quest, 1929. Why am I here? A young lad, little known to fame, refilled his pipe and poked the log fire into flame. Away on the skyline frowned a snow-capped peak. Around him lay the desert, white and bleak. The grey gull's screams were ominous to hear. Why am I here? No answer came. The cold wind moaned. The boom of cracking ice, a sound of dread. In the fire's red glow, his nimble fancy roamed and winged a hero's motto through his head. Never, never the lost endeavour, never the lowered flag. And it merged with the roar of waters and the blast front from the icy crag. Why am I here? To do such work he nobly left behind, to tread his trail in storm and freezing wind, his ache to feel, and also strength of heart, to be like him and bear the harder part, to fight that polar mountain stark and drear. That's why I'm here. Baden Powell's introduction to the book of the quest, 1929. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible if we set our minds to it. 21 years ago, there were 25 scouts in the world. And if anyone had said, we'll go and raise two millions of them distributed in every country over the globe, one would have said, no thank you, impossible. But the Jamboree this year will show that the impossible has been attained in the short space of 21 years. In our work with the boys, we do a lot to lift the poorest and the most hopeless out of their sloth and give them hope and aspiration. We can hold up to them the innumerable histories of self-made successful men to whom in their early days such a future would have seemed impossible. The Scout should be taught to kick the I am from the word I am impossible. Extract from Into the Frozen South by Scout Marr. Let's finish with a reading of the final words from Marr's 1923 book, Into the Frozen South. And now I can hardly believe that it was all true. Yet it was true. Gloriously so. I too have seen and known and learnt. I too have companioned with the great souls who helped make our island history. Sir Ernest Shackleton, Commander Frank Wilde, and the others, all great, and, and heart, great of heart and fearless of soul. They'd been my shipmates and my friends. It was a memorable year indeed, and for all time I know I must carry with me a vision of the tumbling waves by day and phosphorescent breakers in the darkness, the grind and bellow of the closing pack, the rush and roar of the broken waters at the growler's feet, the hushed noises of the seals as they come to the surface in the still of the pack. And always shall I see in my mind's eye the glory of the Antarctic night. And most poignant yet, 
inspiring of all my memories of the South Georgian sleet, the sign which remains to tell of the great spirit that led us forth and died, yet lives again, a magnet to draw the brave away from the sleek comforts of life into that outer world of daring where men may gaze in awe upon the wonders of the Lord. So just a little bit of history. Um, back in September 1921, the Burns Society of London gifted to Scouts Mar and Scouts Mooney a book of Burns poetry to take with them to Antarctica. In September 2021, the president of the Burns Society of London repeated this kind gesture and awarded each member of the request team a copy of Burns for every day of the year, depicted here. Here is the entry for the 5th of January, which was the day that Shackleton died. 5th of January, on New Year, from a letter to Francis Dunlop, 1st of January, 1795. In another New Year message to Francis Dunlop, Burns's mood is once again of profound reflection. Here we see something of the poet's own creed, an inclusive outlook that is emphasised and restated throughout this verse and correspondence. Burns's universal sentiments are in many ways ahead of their time and resonate very keenly in the 21st century as they did in January 1795. Oh, what a transient business is life. Very lately I was a boy, but t'other day I was a young man. And I already began to feel the rigid fibre and stiffening joints of old age coming fast o'er my frame. With all my follies of youth, and I fear, a few vices of manhood. Still I congratulate myself on having had in early days religion so strongly impressed on my mind. I have nothing to say to anybody as to which sect they belong or to which creed they believe, but I look on the man who is firmly persuaded of infinite wisdom and goodness, superintending and directing every circumstance that can happen in his lot. I felicitate such a man as having a solid foundation for his mental enjoyment, a firm prop and sure stay in the hour of difficulty, trouble and distress, and a never failing anchor of hope when he looks beyond his grave. We have a round of applause for everyone that's read. Thank you.
and we have been doing our group project, uh, which has been all about Antarctic krill. Um, so there are ten of us, uh, eight from Kent Scouts, and uh, two from Scotland, and uh, we've been here uh, for about ten days on the Antarctic Peninsula, um, a hundred years after Shackleton uh, sailed um, on the Western Expedition, and two scouts went with Shackleton. Uh, we're here um, commemorating that. We've, we've had a service to Shackleton on the 5th of January 2022, 100 years after Shackleton passed. Um, and our aim is to educate thousands of young people about the key lessons of peace, heritage, and environment uh, to be learned from Antarctica. Okay, so that was filmed on location, obviously. So my name is Alan Noke. I'm Assistant County Commissioner Global Projects. Um, so um, I believe I'm the only Assistant County Commissioner Global Projects in the country. Uh, but I'm, I partner with uh, RACC International. So the two of us between us run all of Kent Scouts International projects um, as a team. So there are 10 parts to our project. The voyage itself was just one part of the quest. So um, right from the start, we set 10 goals. So, and you've heard about those earlier today, but very briefly, um, projects, um, and then we had our group project, centenary, having the flag ceremonies in Antarctica and the UK. The plaques was, was always there as part of the project. Outreach, probably one of the most important parts for us, was that it wasn't about us going to Antarctica, it was always gonna be about us sharing that experience with some of the younger sections and the other scouts to inspire them. Um, so outreach, uh, very much a part of our project. And then we had the Thames, um, and um, we sailed under Tower Bridge exactly 100 years after Shackleton sailed under Tower Bridge last September when the Quest left London. Um, it was quite a, I had a lump in my throat when we went under that bridge. The fact that was, everything was conspiring against us, not just COVID. Um, you know, we had a number of, of, of things happened. St. Catherine Docks, where we were gonna leave from, actually decided that was the one day of the year they were gonna close their, um, their gates to the actual docks, and we had to leave from Greenwich instead. Everything was conspiring against us. But I'm really pleased to say that we sailed under Tower Bridge um, 100 years uh, to the minute that Shackleton sailed under. And he would have done it as a PR stunt back then. If you know London, if you come out of St. Catherine Docks, you, you could go straight out to sea. And he obviously chose to go under Tower Bridge because of the PR potential of that. So it, it was a great way for us to do our public launch. Plymouth, um, I'm off down to Plymouth. In fact, as I get back, I, I repack, and my wife and I go down to Plymouth on Wednesday. And on uh, this Friday, we're going to be in Plymouth. We're going to hold the Scout Zone ceremony again there. Um, and then we've got young explorers who we've uh, done a competition around uh, Kent um, to get some young explorers to actually sail on a tall ship from Plymouth to Portsmouth to finish off the voyage at the end of the year. And we've got some nice way to hand over to the younger generation. And uh, we've also got a Scout from Plymouth and a Scout from Portsmouth joining us, which we thought was appropriate as well. So, um, Shackleton, it's always been one of our aims to um, uh, 
sort of spread the word about the leadership skills of Serena Shackleton, um, and so we found lots of ways of doing that. The one I will mention is that uh, if you know the story of Shackleton's endurance expedition, um, that's the one where he saved all his men by, um, by rowing the James Caird lifeboat for 17 days through terrible conditions. We decided that we were going to row the equivalent of those uh, of the, the nautical miles. So we, uh, it was really quite something. I think we did 1,500 kilometers in the end uh, on rowing machines. Not quite in the conditions that he did it. <laughs> um, but we raised over a thousand pounds for the project that way. And we actually had the rowing machines either side of the James Kerr lifeboat. They allowed us to do that. So that was really quite something. And then links. I'm really proud of the links that we've made now with lots and lots of scouts around the world. Um, only two weeks ago, uh, I had a session with Cubs in Kent, linked up with Cubs in the Cape Verde Islands for a meeting together. And they saw each other's ceremonies, um, and that was part of our project. And we've been doing that all along the route, uh, linking up with scouts on the original uh, route of the expedition. And then finally, legacy we'll talk about later. So it all started for me with this book, Into the Frozen South. Uh, it was written by Scout Mark, one of the two scouts that went uh, with Shackleton on the quest. Um, and I spent a number of years researching these two scouts, and uh, my book is available, um, Shackleton Scouts. Uh, that's got all my research that I did um, uh, written up. But I was inspired by that book, and I thought, oh, well, 20, you know, 1921, 2021's coming up. So that was seven years ago, um, and it's been a long journey coming to this point, um, and we're reaching the end of that final, final year now. So these, this is the team as was uh, in London. Um, there's been one change to the team since, so you've got uh, Laura on the end here. Um, she was very much part of the project, very much up to London, uh, but didn't feel she was um, in the right place in her life uh, to be able to go to Antarctica. Uh, so another uh, last, uh, Helen Smith from Kent, uh, was our first reserve from the original selection, and she stepped up and she has uh, now um, became part of the team that went to Antarctica with us. So there are nine of us and, and, and Helen. Um, worthy of notice that Helen is actually organising um, the, uh, she's a civil servant and she's organising the scouts that are going to be helping in London for the Lion and State this week. So she's got a really interesting job. Our primary patron uh, is the Honourable Alexandra Shackleton. She's been amazing, very supportive of the project. Um, and also, uh, we're really pleased to have on our steering committee for the project, uh, Jan Wojewski. Took me a while to learn to say that one. Um, so Jan is John Quiller Rowett's grandson. So it was called the Shackleton Rowett Expedition. And when we sailed under Tower Bridge, we had uh, Shackleton and Rowett's uh, grandson and granddaughter uh, on the boat with us. So that was really quite special. Can I move on? Let's see if it moves. Oh, it has. Some photos of the day. So this is the Lady Daphne Thames Barge. Now, I went under Tower Bridge in that uh, probably about 2017. I got chatting to them and said, would you be willing to partner with us um, and uh, do a trip underneath Tower Bridge to mark the 100 years. And uh, 
they were really up for the idea, but they said, I'm really sorry, but we need to do loads of maintenance on the ship. So the way my mind works is uh, they were quoting us £2,500 uh, for having the ship for the day to be able to sail under Tower Bridge. And I said, well, what about if we do the maintenance work for you? I do have these stupid ideas. <laughs> 1,500 volunteer hours later, we'd written off our bill, so we had no bill at all. Um, and uh, we went under Tower Bridge for free, which was quite an achievement. Uh, all done on scouting uh, maintenance work. Lots of weekends helping out um, on that. We've entered a competition with the tool ship, uh, with one of the tool ship charities um, to try and win some uh, money for the project uh, because of all that work that we did. And we also had a nice flotilla of some scout boats that went under Tower Bridge with us. Okay, so if it'll move on. Okay, it seems to be doing something. Use old technology. Okay. Yep. So you can see some of the maintenance work there. And there's the group of us. And here we're standing to attention just before saluting as we went under Tower Bridge. Really special moment. This is when the, the um, scout zone that you saw this morning was held for the second time in London uh, on the 17th of September. So we held it then. And this, I love this photo. So on the left, you've got the Quest 1921 Shackleton ship at 1 p.m. 17th of September 1921. And on the right is us going under Tower Bridge at 1 p.m. 17th of September 2021. So really quite a special photo that that's been put together. We also had a lot of archive photos of the Scouts. Here's uh, Scouts Mara Mooney. Um, you can see here, uh, is, is the pointer working? So they're on board the Quest with uh, the flag that was given to them by the <coughs> Queen's grandfather. Um, and this chap here is John Quiller Rowett. So he was the chap that sponsored Shackleton's expedition. So we have the photo here of, of Alex and Sam uh, representing our two Scottish Scouts and on the right is John Quiller Rowett's grandson. So again, we had a lot of fun with this. Alex, uh, <laughs> Alex is uh, recreating, um, uh, your <laughs> recreating your father uh, uh, sweeping up the decks there, Alex. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite a good one, yeah. So um, we have these archive photos, and there's a number of other archive photos. I won't bore you with them today, but uh, we've got various other ones. So the team uh, was six of Network Age. Uh, some of them were under 18 when they were selected, but they were all 18 when we went to Antarctica. We felt with the, what we were doing and the nature of what we were doing and the fact that we were sharing cabins with other people and everything, everything was so much easier to tick off scouting-wise uh, with 18 plus. Um, so that was a decision made quite early on. Um, and then of course we had the, the four of us that were over 25 uh, longing beard, or well, wasn't it? I didn't have a beard when I left, so got a beard when I got back. Here's the original route. So you can see here the green route down to Antarctica. The blue was uh, the um, the quest route, and then the red they returned via Cape Town and back again. So that's the original route. Um, just to give you an idea. Um, Yeshua, which is at the bottom of Argentina, is the, if if you were to go north on the globe is the equivalent of Newcastle. So it gives you an idea how far we did go to Antarctica. So it's like going from Newcastle to the North Pole. 
Um, so we went from Yeshua to the to, to Antarctica. There's our voyage route. That's the actual plot of our route. <coughs> you can see there, Antarctic Peninsula. And we pretty much uh, saw most of the, the famous parts of the Antarctic Peninsula there. Just a quote from Shackleton. Okay. Um, at this point, I think I'm going to hand over. Matt, would you like to show a few of your photos? Because I know you yeah. need to get away. So if you want to show yeah. a few photos yeah, yeah, of the actual voyage exception because Matt's got a 360 camera which he'd like to show you a few of his 360s and things so Matt's going to just do that and so we'll just give, give you Matt's photos for five or ten there you go so that's us that's me <laughs> looking really cheerful though I haven't even got a big coat on at that point just, uh, just that's probably a day out of the Schweiz so we're just into the Southern Ocean um, full sail, champagne conditions, beautiful, beautiful weather. And then- uh, That's when things were still calm. That's when things were still <laughs> calm. And then it gets a bit, a bit, a bit less calm. So we were told at the time that this is calm. For the Drake Passage, this is like, the best conditions you're ever going to find. The wind's in the right direction, the sea's not particularly rough. It's not much in the swell. Doesn't look like it from uh, from our point of view as people who haven't really done ocean passages before. But uh, yeah, we after we got back, the crew showed us a photograph of the ship where this whole bit of the ship was underwater. <laughs> they called it submarine mode. So, uh, so no one's allowed out on deck at that point and they just survive. So we had three or four days of this sort of condition, four hours awake, being on watch, and then eight hours not being on watch. So you're <laughs> eating, sleeping, doing everything else that needs to happen. Really? Yeah, luckily uh, the medication worked for me, the seasick medication worked for me. Some people it didn't work so well, other people were confined to their bunks the whole time, and then some Jen didn't suffer at all, she didn't take any medication, she was just fine the whole time, which was... No, she, she did on the way back. <laughs> she did on the way back? Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the way there. And then um, when we got there and, and you're greeted by... Um, I hope this is the right, the right video, I think it is. So yeah, so then you're just out in the Zodiacs. Which you have to manhandle out of the boat and into the water, but then you see the see the penguins just swimming around, and they're curious things. They just want to see what you are and uh, come and say hello. And when they're swimming, they're really graceful. When they're on the land, um, you might hear a bit more about that later on. They're not not quite so graceful. A lot noisier and a lot smellier. <laughs> but when you see them swimming around in the water, it's really impressive. Really beautiful things. And the, um, the scenery, particularly, is worth, like, words can't really describe what you can, what you can see. But when you're there, you've got to take every opportunity to climb the mast and then uh, see all the sights. 
and it's stunning and eerily quiet. You hear the ice cracking in the distance. You can hear and if you're lucky see the whales blowing in the distance as well. Um, and every now and then there'll be a thud as the <laughs> boat crashes into an iceberg. But the, the serenity of the place really contrasted with the, the crossing. And then when you got into the close ice fields and you heard and felt and saw all the icebergs disintegrating around you, it was uh, really something else. And then you get in amongst the penguin colonies and the noise is just <laughs> something else entirely. Yeah, <coughs> I've said to a lot of people, it's it's strange that it's so beautiful because there's there's no colour. The only colour is blue in varying shades, other than what you see on the on the boat that we brought with us. It's just blue, white, and grey, and somehow that is as beautiful as it is. Um, I haven't really. We all suffered from shock when we got back to green grass, didn't we? Because we haven't had that in our colour palette for two weeks. Yeah, and all the voyage crew, all the permanent crew on the boat were saying, you know, you'll get back into the Beagle Channel and you'll just smell yeah. the, the, the land, the vegetation, which just doesn't exist. So to be somewhere like this and see that and experience it was just such a privilege, such an incredible thing. You can see the boat. There in the <laughs> and then that was the last day, so we took that photo, got back on the boat, and then sailed off up back to back to South America. So yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah, <laughs> you want to go back? I want to go back. Yeah, if the, the the pictures don't really don't really do it, um, don't really do it justice, unfortunately. But um, anyway, we'll bring you lots of pictures and talk to you lots about it. So. Yeah. There you go. Actually, that's just, we've been at sea, I mean, I was at sea for years. And you always want to go back, sailing. Yeah. Yeah. You always want to go back to sea. There's a strange sort of draw. It's, well, it's, 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 it's a piece of quiet, no interference. You can. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for sharing. Okay, and Alex is going to share some of his experience with you. So, um, I was going to start off. Um, I was going to go past the, um, the Tower Bridge bit because I figured you all heard about that and Alan couldn't have said it better, and no one could have said it better than Alan, so <laughs> word, words, are, and it, words are somewhat a little bit hard to use for me for some reason. So I was going to pick it up a little bit after, um, around about Christmas time, and this was when Scout Scotland um, started helping, helping Sam and I out. And Put us in touch with um, our president of Scout Scotland, Ju uh, Molly Hughes, and uh, further on got us in touch with the people from Country Files. So I was because we weren't allowed to make a post at the time. I've only really got two pictures um, of the event. So what it was at the time was they were making they were making an episode um, talking about Shackleton and. They asked Molly Hughes to come by because she'd um, skied to the South Pole, um, solo skied, it was quite, it was quite an impressive feat. And then we got tied in because we were going to the Antarctic and we were also um, commemorating Shackleton as well. So and the, uh, the episode of Countryfowl is still available on our iPlayer until the end of the year if you'd like to watch that. 
So, yeah, yeah. came out on the 9th of January, was yeah. it 9th? So yeah, 9th yeah, of January. It'll be up, it'll be up until yeah. the end of the year. And then we, then we met Molly Hughes and had a proper formal introduction, and one of the most lovely people you will ever meet, honestly. So, yeah, that was that. And then that takes us to Boxing Day. So after driving down to Heathrow with Christmas tunes banging out the car window and Christmas jumpers on, <laughs> um, we made it to Heathrow, and that's when we set off on at the adventure of a lifetime. So that brings us to um, Argentina, or more specifically, Ushuaia. I only did one picture per slide because I was only told 10, 20, uh, I mean 20, 30 pictures. <laughs> Um, so we sat there for a few days, um, quarantining, and scared to go out because if, if any of us tested positive before we went, none of us could go. So very scary, but very beautiful area. As you can see, lovely mountains, and it made a nice contrast from Buenos Aires where it's 30 plus degrees in winter. And then uh, we got on board the Bark Europa and had formal introduction with the crew. Um, and got to meet the people that we'd be spending the next three weeks with. Uh, so we did that. And we set, we, we had a night in the pier and then we set sail. And this was on our first night sailing going into the Drake's Passage. So that was the last bit of land we saw for what, five days, was it? Mm. Five days. So yeah, <coughs> and then after that, we, uh, um, we did some sailing five days. Some of us were being sick, other, other of us were sticking our heads out the window, having a <laughs> whale of a time. And then at this, about six in the morning, uh, I just want to say it was our watch that spotted the first bit of land, um, King George Island, which was spotted by a member of our team who was also called George. And then later we saw our very first iceberg, and we sort of didn't get too close to that because some of us watched Titanic before we left. <laughs> and then, um, we went on to our first little island, Penguin Island, which, judging by the name, I'm sure you guys will have worked out. It's full of these little lighters. Um, Chinstrap penguins, very nice, very inquisitive though, and very smelly. And then, yeah, did some climbing around the ship, and then the next day we went to Deception Island, which was huge volcanic island, and that is pretty much every geography teacher I've had has had a screensaver looking like that. Um, so... Yeah, that, and we walked around the island, it's absolutely gorgeous, very hot, which we thought was ironic for land in the Antarctic. And then in the evening, we went to this place called Whaler's Bay, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they did whaling there, and then um, left the place because whaling became less popular, and more importantly, the island was very reactive volcanically, so, but luckily it was calm <laughs> while we were there. And then that took us to our next day um, exploring Trinity Island. Now, this was when we did our first Zodiac tour. So we were on speedboats and we were checking out different icebergs and collecting our own samples of ice and <laughs> um, using that to um, keep our drinks nice and cool. And apple juice. Yep, drinks of apple juice. And um, saw more of these little guys. And then that brought us to... Uh, my favourite picture because I feel like I'm, I'm the first person in the 21st century to wear a kilt <laughs> in the Antarctic. And that took us to or um, Orna Harbour. Yeah, I'm terrible with names, honestly. Um, that takes us to Orna Harbour, and that was just after we went swimming, so it was a nice change to put on a nice woolly kilt and big woolen socks. And 
Yep. And then later that evening, we went to Cooperville Bay, where I got my first selfie with a penguin. <laughs> you gotta do it. It's one. Of, it's one of those must dos. But yeah, just to show how like how docile the penguins were and how like not afraid of us they were. It just uh, properly integrated. And this was when it was one of the worst smelling times. <laughs> and then, yeah, we did some more sa- um, did some more sailing, did some more exploring, and we got um, got uh, ourselves into a bit of a predicament. Got a little bit stuck in the ice, so we decided to have ourselves a lovely barbecue, which was quite fun from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and I was absolutely terrified at this point. So I've got a fear of heights. So for me, climbing the rigging was a big personal challenge. And at this point, because it was so foggy, the rigging was also wet as well, so it was like slippery. So I was just holding on for dear life, just going, I got the snapshot, I'm going back down. <laughs> um, but yeah, saw lots of these little guys. Um, I've got time later, I've got some videos of, of the seal. Um, but yeah, eventually we got out and then uh, we did another Wee Zodiac tour. And saw these little guys, which were pretty cute. And we saw their babies as well. And sadly, one of the babies didn't make it. And that took us um, later on to Port Lockroy, which was um, definitely one of my favorite stops. I think, I think it might be one of yours. Very <laughs> Yeah, and that was absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's cut out a bit of the picture. I thought I had the whole picture in there. Um, but yeah, that was absolutely remarkable. And we saw lots of these little guys as well. And that one was wondering why I was taking this picture. He looked very upset by that. And then our final final day in the Antarctic, we took our, we were visited a place called Paradise Bay. And I know what you're thinking. There's no beaches. There's no cocktail bars. <laughs> but it it really was some. It it was paradise. I mean, like like um, Matt said, it was uh, it was um, quiet. It was peaceful. I mean, you could hear nothing but the ice crashing. It really was a place of tranquility. And the water was as clear as glass. And yeah, just, just for like a reference, these people are very small. <laughs> and that iceberg is not so far away. Um, but yeah, it's just, just to give you an idea of the scale of it, because it's just one thing cannot like show is the scale of these things. Um, and it, it really was awesome in, in the true sense. And yeah, and then that was uh, Nico Harbor, like Matt said, our final stop. And I think the Bark Europa, it's that little speck there, if you can see it. Um, and yeah, we used our time very constructively of running up the hill and sliding down it again. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, that was our trip in a very small nutshell. And it's quite, quite something and yeah thought I had I thought I had another picture of once we arrived in Argent in Argentina but Thank you. Sorry. Close that one. 
happens with that. Okay, uh, so life on the ship. Um, what I will show you is that some of these uh, lovely watercolours uh, that Darcy did. Uh, so uh, her project was uh, to capture in art the art of Antarctica. And um, she, if you have a look at the book before you go, um, our, our project report, there's lots of, um, in the middle, there's lots of Darcy's uh, pictures that she took, or that she created. Um, so she did these lovely sort of watercolour sketches, uh, capturing little moments of our time in Antarctica. Um, let's move through. I'm aware of the time, and uh, there's Europa in its fantastic when it's in full sail. Just want to get to some of the bits that you won't have seen. Just flip through these. We were very much part of the crew, learning the ropes. This is not me praying, this is uh, me actually pulling the rope, so it looks like I'm praying. You're probably doing both. My, my, my main film of the Great Passage. disconcerting isn't it Matt mm -hmm. actually but uh, it's the way it's designed um, and the other nine uh, I was lucky uh, I actually caught Covid so uh, as, I, as we arrived in Antarctica I was um, uh, tested we, we, we all did a test and by that point we thought we were all safe and uh, I actually found out that I had Covid and uh, I was separated from the team um, and isolated for seven days uh, on the ship so it was uh, a different experience for me for those seven days in the middle um, and uh, the, 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 the only positive that I can bring out of that experience because uh, there, there was obviously it was a, a real blow to me at the time was that I didn't have to do the, the polar plunge so, so you get to see the polar plunge. photograph. 
but uh, we did our best. But they, when when they when they go under the surface, you're never sure where they're going to come back up. And by the time you sort of worked it out, they've gone under again. So really hard to get good photos of whales. But lots of photos of penguins. This is my favourite penguin video because it's like they're queuing up in a circle to, to, to go back in again. So very very regimented about it, and uh, all swimming around. Um, and it was great just sitting on the beach with them and just watching them uh, play. Um, this one I won a competition with, so I'm quite proud of this photo because we, we had a competition on board, didn't we, of uh, wildlife photos. So I came second with this one with, the, with my uh, Weddell seal. And Port Lockroy. And uh, I think Port Lockroy was really special for two reasons. One, James Marr, the scout that went 100 years ago, was instrumental in the setup of Port Lockroy. He'd gone there during World War II to set up an Antarctic base. So it was really important to us that we went to Port Lockroy. But secondly, we got told in October 21 that we wouldn't be allowed to go to Port Lockroy. It was going to be shut because of COVID. So I was sort of devastated at the time, but I was resigned to the fact that it was one of the goals we weren't going to be able to achieve. Unbeknown to me, Barclay Roper contacted the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust and arranged for us to have a personal visit to Port Lockroy. So they, they fixed it for us. That just made it so much better because normally if you visit Port Lockroy, it's a very bustling, busy place with lots of uh, tourists coming in. We had it to ourselves, and that was a real privilege as a team to be able to wander around this Antarctic base um, and see that. So there's James Mark. So I'm here at uh, Port Lockroy in Antarctica. A real dream for me to uh, be here. Um, and I have our commemorative plaque to James Marr and Norman Mooney, the two scouts that went with Shackleton in 1921. We're here uh, in January uh, 2022, uh, same sort of time that the quest would have been um, down in Antarctica. And uh, this plaque, uh, this is the miniature that we've brought along here to Port Lockroy to get some photos of it in situ. Uh, this is going to go back and we're going to install it at Kent Scouts headquarters, Lower Grange Farm. Um, we've got a, a medium sized version. Uh, that is going to be installed at Fordell Furs in Scotland, at uh, the Scottish he Scout Headquarters. Um, and then we've got our large version that's been installed at Gilwell Park, the, uh, the UK home of scouting. Um, so that's the plaques. The plaques were carved by stonemason Mark Brooks of Canterbury. Mark, big huge thank you to you. And I uh, want to show you that your plaque actually made it to Antarctica. We're going to bring that home and we're going to install that in Kent. Okay, so that's the plaques. So the projects themselves, I'm not going to go for each one, but I do recommend you have a look at the book and have a look at each of them. Such a variety of projects that these young people chose. And uh, you've all got one of these to take home with you. And you've got the projects there on page two. So you can have a look at that. There's some more of Darcy's watercolours skip that video um, and then our task project so we actually um, did a deal with uh, British Antarctic Survey and linked up with them and we partnered with British Antarctic Survey 
and we managed to borrow the equipment, uh, the equivalent equipment, a Nansen net, you can see it in the picture there, uh, that James Marr would have used back in the 30s and 40s on, on his research trips uh, to take krill samples. And we took 12 krill samples. It, it involved the whole ship stopping and us dropping our net over, so we were ever so grateful to the ship uh, that we managed to take these samples. Those samples have now made their way back to British Antarctic Survey and they're going to be studied and we're going to get the results so that we can analyse those against James Marr's original results. Um, so looking forward to seeing what comes back. So that was our group project. Uh, again, skip the video. If you want to see a video on these things, they're, they're all on our YouTube channel. And then I will mention Sam's project because it was really quite a major thing. Um, was we found a scout leader uh, who uh, is responsible for the deployment of what are called Argo floats. So this is an Argo float with Sam, and an Argo float uh, is there's thousands of them all over the world, and they are dropped over the side, and they record. Uh, climate change data and water data, weather data, and that all gets sent back to a major database. And all that data is freely available for any member of the public to access on Argo's website. Um, we, de oh, Sam deployed two floats, uh, one on the way down and one on the way back. There's only a certain uh, area of water we were legally allowed to drop these things over the side. Um, and the interesting thing is we've been able to track both floats and they were both dropped in pretty much the same location but two weeks apart so we can compare the data of the two floats uh, which is quite interesting and again there's a video on that on our YouTube channel and just to mention that on the way home uh, we got to visit Harberton uh, which is the place top left there and we had a barbecue you can see top right um, as a team that was when we got back to South America and then we had four days actually in Buenos Aires. Now you can't go to Buenos Aires to the, the Casa Rosada if you, if, you, if you know the story of Evita uh, without this. Yeah. Don't cry for me, Argentina! So I apologise for that. Um, but it has to be done. Um, but uh, there's a few photos there to finish. Some of my favourite photos of icebergs and, and, and the ice and the ship. Some of the icebergs are just absolutely exceptional. Now the project continues, um, we've had the, um, the scout zone today um, and then as I say that's going to be carried on two more times and it will finish in Portsmouth uh, for the final time. I think we can probably say that we've held the record with the scout zone that's been held in the most interesting and diverse places in the world by scouts. So, um, then the outreach continues, um, we've, all of the members of the team um, are happy to go out and talk to scout groups and, and cubs and beavers and guides and rangers and brownies um, about the project, about Antarctica. Um, and then we've got our tour ship experience next weekend where we're sailing from Plymouth to Portsmouth 
And as I say, we've got a whole load of explorers are going to do that. And we've set up the legacy fund. This slide's out of date. It's now on 4% of our target. Um, and I think we're up to about £4,000 with the legacy fund for future scouts to go. And you've seen uh, the two get their iceberg award today. Um, and that's going to be uh, set up for scouts. The lengths that people go to to go to Antarctica. There's not many Antarctic expeditions you're going to see someone hoovering a kilt, is it? <laughs> there you go. I thought we'd finish on that because it's appropriate. But uh, that's going to be the first time anyone's ever had to hoover a kilt for Antarctica. So you have to hoover everything and, and get the stuff out of the Velcro before you go. Um, but uh, do you have any questions for the three of us? Yes, would you do it again? Would I do it again, or would I yeah. hope Scouts do it again? Of course. Uh, my plan is to head north next. So I'd like to do Arctic 2025. So if any Scots want to come with us, we'd be very happy to make that happen. Can I refuse to pass that one? Yes, um, I'm, currently, I'm currently putting together a project for Arctic for 2025. James Marr went back went to the Arctic in 2025, so we're following our scout. <laughs> yeah, a Scottish scout who went to the Arctic in 2025. But uh, now, um, I'd like to go to South Georgia, because obviously that's where Shackleton's buried. So my plan would be to maybe visit South Georgia as a separate. I don't need to go back to Antarctica, that's in my head now. I just want to go to the seven days that you missed, whether you've Ah, uh, I was quite lucky. I, the, the seven days had the most impact of the seven days was I was separated from the team. I got to do everything and see everything. Um, I, I was just really sad that I was not able to share that experience with them. But uh, myself and a German guy, um, we, we were isolated together for, and, and we're, we're best mates now. <laughs> so, uh, luckily. Um, but yeah, Axel and I will certainly be meeting up again. Uh, but we, we had a different experience for those seven days, but we got to do Zodiac trips out, we got to see all the wildlife and do everything they were doing. It's just I wasn't doing it with them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Any other questions? I can't thank you all enough for, in the circumstances for being here today and for letting us uh, share this with you. And. Uh, I'm really pleased that the, the, the plaque is here and it will sort of be a reminder and hopefully an inspiration to the Scottish Scouts to get out there and do things as well. So, yeah. Thank you. Can, can I thank you as well on behalf of Scottish Scouts for the very fact that you made that link? Because yeah. it could easily have been a Kent trip. It yeah. should have been a Kent yeah. trip. Yeah. Instead, you went to allow us yeah. uh, to take part to keep that link with the young men who went 100 years ago and our young, uh, young men who went this time. So thank you so much. Really, I, uh, really pleased to have had those two on board. They've been both in their different ways have been amazing. It's great. It continues. Yeah. You talked about your relationships. This is another relationship. Because yeah. it's not just been the trip together, but it's been the chance to take part of the additional stuff yeah. that you've shared with us. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you to the young men as well. Uh, remotely, in one case, <laughs> <laughs> and what you did. Because, um, hey, Scottish Scout pushing the boundaries. We've been doing it for since we were founded, yeah. we're just the next step on that journey. So thank you guys as well. You can be proud of those two, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And that ends the formal.
events. Um, we've got an, on that table there is, is the resources that, uh, that Alison's put together based on what we had in Kent. Um, so have a look at that because uh, she's got all the links for buying all the for it. And, yeah, and, it's, and then this one's uh, got some information about each of the objectives. So, okay.